Welcome to Talent Hub Talk. I am Ben Duncan, and this is a place where prominent and inspirational figures from both the local ANZ and global Salesforce Ohana share their stories. In today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by our friend from the US, Christopher Hopper. Chris is a fairly regular guest on the show. We aim to have him on every six months or so just to catch up on what he is seeing in the US Salesforce market and really compare that to what I'm seeing in ANZ. And we often get good feedback when Chris has been on the show. So hopefully this is another successful episode that you get some value from. And if you do, please do subscribe for future episodes that are coming through. Chris, welcome back. Good to have you. Hey, Ben. Good to see you again. It's always uh, a pleasure. And um, yeah, I was speaking to Gemma ahead of the recording, and she always tells me these episodes perform particularly well. So uh, our audience must enjoy what you have to say as well, but really keen to unpick uh, what's been happening over the last few months since we caught up, probably around six months ago. Yeah, that's right. About six months ago, we spoke, and I'm happy to share my thoughts about what I'm seeing in the U.S. market and see how that relates to what you're seeing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we we predicted what we were expecting to see um, during that six month period, and I think um, yeah, we've probably seen some of that come come true. I think it was just before the the holiday season there, which um, which was one of the things on your mind around the potential downturn in the market around that period. But but have you seen things kind of pick up since then, or or uh, yeah, I guess what are you seeing? Right. So when we spoke about six months ago, I was seeing a downturn. I thought it may have been due to the holidays when we started hitting November and December, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's in the U.S. Uh, things are starting to slow down. And I really just thought because people were out of office, vacationing, not making all the hiring decisions, waiting for budgets to get approved for this year. And then when we started getting into the beginning of this year, let's say between mid-Jan and end of February, give or take, I thought things would start to pick back up and we would start to get back into the normal swing of things. But now here we are towards the end of May and things still are not hitting on all cylinders like they were this time last year. So from a recruiting perspective, a couple of thoughts have, have or come, come to mind. One, you know, probably the number of open positions that are coming to external recruiters, at least to me and my small view of the recruiting world in the sales space, Salesforce space, it's probably about a quarter of what I was seeing this time last year. That's both on the contract and on the permanent hire side. So about a quarter of positions, uh, the job orders that I've had uh, last year, about a quarter of them are coming my way this year. My thoughts are that You know, one, we're seeing some layoffs in the industry, especially with big tech. And then we're also seeing layoffs happening on the internal recruiting side. And so usually when that's happening, then, you know, external recruiter and agencies tend to get very little um, opportunities in that case when no one is hiring or if they are hiring, they're going to use their internal resources and network to be able to hire versus using an external recruiting agency and paying those fees and trying to cut costs wherever they can. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess um, because obviously like the last couple of years, we've seen a real uptick in requirements, right? There was a real boom through the COVID period, like the market went crazy. Have you kind of compared now to pre-COVID? Like, is it is it that things have just normalized in terms of like that 25% of volume from last year? Is that in line with what you were seeing pre-COVID? Like maybe go back three, four years ago, is that kind of what you were seeing? Like, are we, are we returning to the same volume of roles? pre-COVID spike, or or are you still thinking you're kind of down on what you were seeing a, a few years back? Yeah, I think it's the same level as pre-COVID. I think, but there's a variable that comes into play with this is that I was just kind of starting to get my recruiting career started 
during that time too, right? 2018, 2019, I hadn't built a whole lot of momentum behind me yet as far as making a name for myself and getting a whole lot of client relationships started and things like that. But that being said, you know, if you look at 21, 22, especially 22, you know, that was kind of the peak that I was seeing from a growth perspective. And now we're in the 23. I think 23 is probably a lot relatable to where I was in 2018. You know, if all things being the same, it's about it's about that same 2018, 2019, and 2023 are probably very comparative to each other. Obviously, if you're saying that the volumes are down, are you seeing, because I know um, like a lot of the senior candidates that we've spoken about in the past, like kind of had their pick and, and choice of um, contract opportunities, right? Like I know we always kind of refer to like a CPQ consultant could um, could pick up a really high daily rate um, as a contractor. Are you starting to see some of those contractors now considering like full-time permanent positions again, if, if they're, they're not getting as many opportunities as they once were? I am. I'm seeing that happening some. Um, and I'm, it's interesting because I'm also seeing people that were full time for many years actually deciding to go independent or start their own unique boutique Salesforce consulting company as well. Cause so I'm kind of seeing a little bit of fluctuation on both sides. I know when I decided to go as an independent consultant um, after being working for Accenture many years, I took that leap of faith when the 2008 turnaround occurred, right? The downturn in the economy, 2008, uh, Accenture was having some uh, voluntary separations, they were calling it, or people who wanted to leave, they were offering them a severance package to leave. And that was my opportunity to go independent. I've been thinking about it for many years. And so I think this year, specifically, people who may have had that in the back of their mind that they were thinking about going the independent track, decided that either they were getting being forced out of the company or they're offering being offered severance packages and things like that. And, you know, when you have a severance package for a few months, that gives you a little bit of runway if you decide to go the independent route because you have a little, you have some income that you can sit on or reserves that you can sit on. And then if you want to go the independent track, that gives you the opportunity to be able to jump into that. So that's happening as, as well, Ben, as far as opportunities there, because I've seen that come across my LinkedIn feed lately as far as, you know, people announcing that they're going out on their own, either, either as an independent solo contractor or deciding to start up their own LLC and start to bring on employees as their um, as their company kind of starts to spark interest with clients and get some momentum behind them. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think like a lot of, um, I know we're not comparing some of these startup companies and, and um, to, to some of the big tech firms or the, the, you know, the billion dollar businesses around the world, but there are stories around some major companies being formed and, and, um, and grown in downturns, right? They, uh, they see an opportunity and, um, and go for it. I think, you know, it's, it's definitely an interesting time to be doing it because for me here, it really depends on who I speak to. Like if I speak to one partner, they might say, yeah, look, we're busy with, you know, we haven't let anyone go. Our pipeline's strong. And then I speak to another partner and they say, yeah, our pipeline's kind of really thin. And here, I think we've been lucky in the, the market. Like although there have definitely been, um, redundancies in, in certain companies in certain pockets. Like it's not been widespread across the Salesforce ecosystem that like we haven't seen mass number of redundancies or anything like that in partners. So, but yeah, it's, it's kind of just depends on who you speak to. If you spoke to five different people, five different companies, you'd probably get five different answers as to how the market is right now. I would, I would agree with that. And you, you know, we see some layoffs happening in the big consultancy firms, right? So like the IBMs and Deloitte's and Accenture, not always, those are not always making widespread news and headlines as well. So some of that stuff is happening behind the scenes. Occasionally I have people ping me that are in my networks and, hey, Chris, I got you know laid off recently by a company so-and-so and I had no idea that there was any kind of layoffs happening with that particular company. So I think, you know, one thing that, I spoke to the Boston user group uh, about uh, a few weeks ago, well, this past Saturday, actually, about, you know, companies 
feel like they overhired, right? And you've probably read headlines about that with Eric Salesforce and Google and Microsoft because, you know, for me as a recruiter last year or even the year before that, it was very challenging for me to find individuals, one that had the skill set that was being sought after. But even if they were on the market and they were currently working at a big tech company, they were making above market salaries, right? And so I couldn't even hold a match to them as far as what they were looking for, even if it was a light for light position, just the people that were getting hired by the big tech firms were getting paid above market and they were, like, were looking for a transition even out of that company going somewhere else, but still trying to make the same salary. Whereas now I think we're seeing a little bit of a shift or a downturn where individuals who aren't currently working and may have already bled out their severance package, maybe open to making some consolidations and taking a little bit less on the salary side just to get working again. Some companies can't keep top performers just like for whatever reason, like they, they might have been affected by a downturn more than others. But are you still seeing like the companies are really keen to keep hold of their top performers, their, you know, their, their top 10% um, talent? Because like, obviously there were like through the last couple of years, we've seen like mass counter offers, right? So anyone that was, was highly valued by their company were getting counter offered to stay if they were leaving. Are you still seeing that or is there kind of less ability to counter offer over there right now and, and pay higher salaries to keep people? I, I think it's, it's less because I think the mindset might be for the hiring manager to say, okay, well, if so-and-so wants to leave, I don't think it's going to be quite as a challenge for us to be able to backfill that individual. And we may be able to back to that individual for a less salary than what this current individual is currently making, right? So when there's more talent on the market, I think it lowers the pressure for companies and maybe they're willing to take a little bit more of a risk or a gamble to lose somebody because the opportunity to backfill them isn't quite as lengthy because of, you know, if they post a position on LinkedIn or, or in internal recruiting, the amount of time it takes to, to, to be able to backfill that position may not be so substantial going forward. It is so interesting how different the markets are. And I, I, my fear is that sometimes we follow the, the US and Europe. So like, you know, potentially what you're seeing there might come down the line here, but we're still seeing, um, like I, I have one role on at the moment that's been open for like, uh, I think since November last year. For, for one company, like they, they just haven't been able to fill, um, they, they were recruiting directly for, for, you know, most of that time. And we've been engaged for the last month. And, and even with that role, like we had a candidate at, at offer stage and, um, it was someone that wasn't even looking for work. Like they were happy in their current role. I approached them. Um, you know, they, they liked the look of the role. Um, they, they kind of gave their number that they'd move for. Um, it was a step back into management kind of out of, um, out of more just delivery, like in, in terms of day to day hands on work. The pay rise was going to be significant. And then when they got the offer, they accepted, they spoke to their current company and their current company, uh, company counter offered them by 40K. Oh, wow. Which isn't the norm, like definitely isn't the norm, but we're definitely seeing like companies here are still really hesitant to lose their top talent unless they're forced to in, in that, you know, they're, they're, they're having to make really difficult decisions around redundancy and things like that. You know, people are still counter offering where they can and, and if they can for their, their top performers. And I think that was like kind of, you, you quite unique in that that pay rise was higher than we've seen. But I mean, I, I, I was saying to someone like, it's crazy, right? That, that person wasn't looking for work. So they were happy on the salary they were on. And then a week later, they've got a 40 K pay rise because they were approached about another role. And it's just, um, the market can still do that in certain instances, but yeah, we, we wouldn't expect that to be the norm now. And, um, I think, you know, like conversations are still being had at counter office stage. Like, what can we do? You know, like, why didn't you tell us earlier? What, what can we change to make you happier? But, um, I, I think, um, yeah, we, we won't see that being like the norm moving forward in terms of that kind of increase. 
Yeah, and it might be a case by case basis, right? So I don't want you know your case may not be so unique in your region, whereas it you know what I speak to or what I see in the U.S. could be different. And maybe in the U.S. there's just a lot more talent to be had, right? And so that being said, to give somebody a twenty, thirty percent, or forty percent pay increase to keep somebody, that's going to be abnormal nowadays for us because if you know, there's been a couple of clients that have reached out to me and said, Chris, if we can't fill this position in a month using our internal resources, we may need to engage an external agency to help us out. And the last two times that has happened to me, they end up filling the position themselves within the month time frame. And that wasn't the case last year, right? They they gave it a month, they gave it a couple months, and they hadn't, hadn't been able to fill the position. And then they did engage us, whereas now they're posting a position on LinkedIn or they're using other methods or means outside of using an external agency to fill the position. And they're being successful at it as well, which, you know, just I know just this morning that someone, a client, a potential client said, I reached out to them because they said the guy was starting this week. And I said, did that happen? Because I thought maybe something fell through. And he's like, no, he started and he's up and running and we're good to go. You know, and so those kind of dynamics are definitely changing in the landscape as far as the opportunities that are coming across my desk. Yeah, I mean, obviously last year, like I guess anywhere in the world, like you, you couldn't be guaranteed someone was going to be starting in the role um, just the way the market was. E- even this year, actually, in one week, um, like this was, I think, March this year, in the same week, two different companies, two completely different roles, I had two candidates start and on their first day resign. Really? Wow. Yeah, and they'd had better offers somewhere else. And they were both um, active candidates in that they'd previously been made redundant from their previous companies. And and the challenge with that was that obviously they, they were very active in the market, like they were they were sending their CV, they were applying for lots of different roles. And, and obviously um, the, their situation was that they could start immediately. So they had a number of different opportunities in flight and they, they accepted the offer with my clients. Um, and then uh, on the, the same day that they started, they, they got other offers come through that were, were paying more. One of the, the candidates kind of went about in the right way. They, they didn't give that direct information to me. I think they said, you know, they just weren't sure about the environment. You know, I, my, my, my understanding is that it was due to an, a, a counter offer. The other candidate just kind, kind of completely ghosted me, has never answered the phone since. Wow. It's crazy, hey, like uh, in, in terms of this, this market being small and like just for whatever reason, just uh, just cut me off, um, actually removed me from LinkedIn as well. Um, and I know it was purely because they got another offer um, somewhere else. It, it wasn't like they didn't like the company they joined. Um, they just completely ghosted me. And, um, and I'm sure I'll bump into them at an event one time and it's going to be kind of awkward. But yeah, I just think there's right ways to go about this, you know, just to, to do the right thing. For sure. Yeah. And so were you on the hook for backfilling those positions? Yeah. Yeah. That's tough, man. I mean, you know, whenever we lose somebody in, in that stage, you know, for us, it's like we're ready to jump out the window because to backfill, especially if it's a hard to fill position and we had to spend a couple months on it. And then once we finally get someone to accept the offer and then for them to get a counter offer and stay put, I mean, it just really takes the wind out of our sails because we spent so much time trying to get the individual started and, and sign the offer letter and all that. And then to lose them, it's uh, it's a tough pill for us to swallow. Yeah, it's one of those things about recruitment, right? Like in any other sales role, your product can't say no. Um, like I, I hate to refer to um, candidates as a product, but ultimately like that is the situation that like we have to sell on both sides of the fence. So, like we have to make sure the candidate's happy and also the client's happy. And if at any stage one of them isn't happy, there's there's no sell, right? That's the thing. So 
it, um, it managing those those sides. And obviously, we're dealing in people's lives and, and livelihoods. So I completely understand, like, you have to look after yourself and, and you have to do the right thing for your family and, and for you and your long term career and your, you know, your financial position, all those things. But I just think there's there's a, a right way to go about these things in terms of how you communicate, how you're upfront treat others how you would want to be treated like i always say to to people that like the the people that left on their first day imagine they'd have turned up to the job on their first day and the employer said to them actually we're we're going to hire someone else because since you signed the contract a better candidate's become available and we're going to hire them instead you know that wouldn't go down too well so um so yeah i just feel like once you've made a commitment if you are going to back out of that commitment you have to be really clear um, with your communication and um you know just be honest and upfront about it yeah. And do you think it was just coincidence that it was the day of them starting that they decided to walk away from it? That seems odd. Just just bad coincidence. Yeah, but it's because like with my clients, they got the offer on like, let's say they got the offer on the Thursday and they started the following Monday, but they were still in other processes, right? So they hadn't like pulled out of other processes, even though they might have been waiting for feedback on an interview or something. They hadn't told those companies. And then on the Monday, they get an offer that, that let's say it's, you know, 10% more or, you know, allows them to work from home more regularly, things like that, that, that they felt just made it worthwhile leaving. And because they obviously had only just started, it wasn't like they'd been in the role a month and built relationships and started to, to deliver anything. It's kind of, they saw it as an easy move to make. So it's really awkward, like, you know, ha- having that conversation and, and leaving on, on day one. But sometimes it is better to do that than to leave on like week six where like you've actually had training and people have invested time and effort in upskilling you at least that way you know that the, there weren't any um wasted efforts from the client side it's just uh, yeah for me it's kind of unprofessional but mainly unprofessional if you go about it in the wrong way and, and you're not kind of clear and are you the one that's usually delivering the message to the client well no actually the, the one that ghosted me has never told me so um they they just emailed the client um on the first day and said look i've I've actually, this is kind of awkward, but I've got another offer. Um, I feel it's a better offer for me and I'll, I'll drop my laptop back first thing in the morning and then, yeah, never answered my calls since. So I found that one out from the client. And then the other one, I, um, yeah, I, I spoke to them and kind of, um, their, their, their feedback was that the, the environment was probably a bit more corporate than they, they had expected. But my understanding is it might be because there, there was another role, um, out there. So yeah, like the, these things happen. Um, you know, as a recruiter, you kind of see, see how different people react in different situations. And I think it's just like having to have an awkward conversation. Some people just aren't comfortable doing that, you know? Yeah. Does the client ever come at you as far as, you know, they won't say why did, why did you allow this to happen? But do they, do you ever feel like there's some animosity there towards you for what happened? Oh, you always feel it's your responsibility, right? You take it like it's, it's just, um, you know, that if you look back through the process, was there something I could have done differently? You know, I always kind of reflect on that. I, I feel it does leave a little bit of a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Um, and obviously, you know, you're, you're the middle person. You're, you're trying to coordinate and make sure both sides are happy. So yeah, to, to some degree, I feel like there all is always a bit of a strain on, on that relationship. Um, Luckily, I have a good relationship with with both clients. Um, but but yeah, I I feel like it's um, you know if that happened frequently, there'd definitely be some questions asked. I mean, in fifteen years or so in recruitment, that's the first time and second time it's ever happened to me, and it just happened to be in in the same week as in the first time anyone's ever quit on day one. Wow. Well, hopefully you get them out of the way, and there's no more going forward. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, I don't want a, a third strike on that. That's for sure. But what, what are you seeing in terms of, um, I guess if the market's down, um, you know, there's more candidates on the market. How, how are you seeing that impact junior candidates and like entry level candidates? I think it's taking longer, you know, and, and even though there's a downturn, I did a search late last week as far as the amount of open positions there on LinkedIn. There's still thousands, right? Whether you turn towards 
uh, BAs or admins or devs or architects, there's still thousands of positions that are open specifically in the US. So, you know, even though I kind of come with a negative connotation about what I'm seeing, there's still a lot of positions out there that are that are looking for candidates. But for, for entry level specifically, I think it's just getting more competitive, right? As more entry level uh, folks are making the career transition and hearing about Salesforce and reading the marketing material and various boot camps that are available out there, you know, there's there's just going to be continue to be an influx of entry level sales professionals that are trying to get a, a bite at the apple, so to speak. And so when that happens, you know, sometimes I was at Texas Dreaming last week and one thing they mentioned was that whenever they see an open position, there's already three or four hundred applications towards any given position. I think we really don't see that we didn't see that volume of number of positions or number of applicants that are at a particular position. You know, last year, there just wasn't such a large number tied to it. So I think it's taking longer for, for and this is not always the case, but I think just holistically uh, for entry level, just, just taking longer to be able to get their foot in the door. And it's become more competitive. Um, so they may have more interviews, but end up losing out on the position to other candidates who may have something that was different or unique that made him a better fit. But, you know, again, I still see, you know, Bradley Rice talks about his his program and how many uh, people that come through his program, they're getting hired every month. And they're still, you know, they're double digits, right? So that, I, that tells me that there's still opportunities had out there for entry-level people. And so it's not like they're completely hitting a roadblock in all directions that they turn. I just think, think it's taking a little bit longer and it's just become a little bit more competitive to get, uh, to get those opportunities compared to, you know, for example, last year I had multiple clients that were open to entry to open to hiring entry-level salesforce professionals and um i just haven't gotten those this year and again i didn't have that many i had a few clients let's say two or three clients that were open to it and now either they they're not open to it or they're just using other means to be able to hire those individuals versus turning to me to hire it for them yeah definitely like i i I am recording a podcast recently where I say, look, I'm sure there are roles out there, but they don't always come across the recruiter's desk. You know, typically when someone is hiring for an entry level role, they feel they can find them directly. You know, they can advertise on a job board or reach out to their network or, you know, have people internally refer people and things like that. So we probably aren't the best source of jobs for entry level positions. Right. You know, I and probably you too always get pet messages on LinkedIn from people that are in the job market that are entry level saying, hey, Chris, I just got certified or I went to this boot camp and I'm now I'm looking and um, there's very little I can do for them as far as direct job placement for them. But there's a couple of links out there that have job boards specifically for entry level that I pass that to them or I try to share and and like various um, positions that come across my LinkedIn feed. And if they want me to network with somebody else that I know that might be hiring, then I connect those dots, things like that. But as far as direct placement on entry level for someone who's reached out to me on LinkedIn, unfortunately, those opportunities are so few and far between. What about Salesforce Industries? Has that been like, have you seen a lot of growth in that space in the US? Not really. You know, I guess Revenue Cloud, I've seen a couple of open positions where I've had to source that. Outside of that, I haven't gotten a, a whole lot of new positions um, really over the last year or so other than CBQ or maybe maybe Health Cloud once or twice, Rev Cloud a few times. But no, I haven't, you know, I continue to see marketing material about Salesforce continue to verticalize and, and go industry on some of their cloud offerings. Um, I just haven't had a lot of folks reach out to me looking for that expertise yet. 
Yeah, we're seeing pockets of it. Like there's a couple of big, um, big customers hiring for what was obviously velocity. And I mean, I can think of one in the insurance space and public sector stuff. But, um, but yeah, aside from that, like we're running a survey at the moment and, and it's interesting because a lot of the candidates we're speaking to do have some sort of experience in, um, industry solutions, but I haven't seen a huge amount of demand, like companies asking for industry specific, um, skill sets, um, and, and, product knowledge um but yeah i mean obviously that is the big push from salesforce so it'll be interesting to see how that evolves right right i remember back in the oracle seal days they were flat for many years and they started to verticalize as well and you know i would see positions around government automotive healthcare i don't know i I feel like salesforce is still trying to chip away at that and so it hasn't been any kind of full force or i haven't seen a whole lot of momentum uh, at least in the talent sector uh, around those particular industry verticals I'm guessing you haven't seen any demand for Einstein GPT yet either. I haven't. I've, I've attended a few webinars about it. There was one on today that uh, that uh, Ben in, uh, in, in the UK put on. And so I'm still seeing some buzz around Einstein GPT and GPT as a whole and what's it mean for Salesforce and things like that. Elements Cloud was the company that was putting out the, the webinar today, which they have some pretty cool products about how they can continue to dive into a customer's org and, and find out how to use the GPT and machine learning to be able to find out different information around customers org so that was i continue to try to keep a pulse on it because i think it's going to come up at some point as far as additional skills being needed but um haven't seen anything as far as kind of nice to have nothing for a must have at this point uh, are you using uh, chat gpt to write your job efforts now are you uh, giving into ai I haven't, but some of the recruiters that we have on staff are using it when they submit a summary back to me. <laughs> and I know usually I go back to them. I said, you didn't write this, did you? Because it's, you know, I, I know how they write to me and the and now I can tell that they're writing differently than what they have in the past. So I'm not using it personally. I try to be as personable as I can when I'm submitting a, a summary to a particular client and hiring manager. And so on, no, on, on the on the job efforts, I don't I don't really, we don't post positions. I don't post positions. Sometimes my recruiting staff does. Um, I usually go all outbound and do one-on-one communications when I'm looking for somebody instead of posting it to the LinkedIn job where I just get so much junk to come my way. It's, it takes me, you know, way too much time to filter through all the resumes that I receive back. Yeah, makes sense. And uh, what about salaries then? Like, um, are they flat? Like, uh, have you seen the, the increase in salaries kind of peak off? Yeah, I think, I think it is. What I'm seeing is, Actually, some people are willing to be a little bit more flexible in their salaries as well. Just say about a 10% uh, fluctuation. They're really to, willing to reduce their salary. Because, I mean, I had one, one individual said, Chris, I got hired two and a half years ago. My salary was X. I've got a couple of raises since then. But I know that's not what the market is dictating right now. So I'm willing to go down less than that in order to get my foot back in the door and start working again. So I think... You know, what companies are offering is a little bit lower, about stagnant to what has been the, the norm. But candidates are now being a little bit more flexible, at least the ones that I talk to, to say, you know, because I just need to get working again. And I know I was hitting a peak and I'm, I'm, I, I have a reality check with myself that I might not be able to find that same opportunity for that same salary being offered today. So uh, final question, how do you see the rest of this uh, 2023 going? I think over the summer, it may still be a little slow, right? So we hit June just because of U.S. and summertime tends to slow down a little bit. School is out for the for the kids. A lot of people are taking vacations during June and July. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that once we hit towards middle to end of August into, let's say, August, September, October, uh, early November, those will hopefully be the, the four, you know, three or four peak months 
for us before we hit the downturn or the slowness of the holiday of the, the end of the year. At least that's that's my projections, man. I don't really know what the future holds, but I would like to at least see uh, some intentional success come through from an external recruiting standpoint where customers uh, and clients actually need some support just to help keep things growing for us as a company. Yeah, yeah. Well, fingers crossed. Hopefully that, that comes uh, to fruition. And um, yeah, we'll have to catch up, lock in another six monthly chat and see what kind of panned out. Uh, hopefully the market's um, a bit more buoyant when we next catch up and um, and yeah that uh, there's there's more opportunity for everyone out there in, in the US market and uh, and anywhere that people are listening to this yep that sounds good always a pleasure Chris thank you very much and yeah look forward to catching up again soon great thanks a lot Ben for having me so that's a wrap for this week's episode and thank you very much for listening I hope you enjoyed the chat and if you did please make sure you have subscribed for future episodes that are coming through I would also be very grateful if you would consider leaving a review on your chosen podcast platform as five-star reviews will help us to reach more trailblazers from across the world. I look forward to sharing another episode with you soon and thanks again.